0: Welcome to another episode of Lit. Tonight, I am joined by Elise. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me tonight. I am so excited about the book we're talking about tonight. What book are we talking about?
1: Ender's Game.
0: Ender's Game by Orson Scott Card. Okay. I have to nerd out about this book a little bit. I never get an opportunity to meet authors in real life. This is one of the few authors I have gotten to meet in real life. I it was so great. My husband took me to South Carolina for a book signing uh, and he signed my book, says to Jess from a friend of Ender. It was so nice. That's so cool. So this book is very special to me. Uh, I love this book series and I'm so excited to talk about this book. Um, So like usual, I'm just going to read off the back of the book and then we'll talk about it kind of spoiler free before we get into the good stuff. So intense is the word for Ender's game. Aliens have attacked Earth twice and almost destroyed the human species to make sure humans win the next encounter. The world government has taken to breeding military geniuses and then training them in the arts of war. The early training, not surprisingly, takes the form of games. Ender Wiggin is a genius among geniuses. He wins all the games. He is smart enough to know that time is running out. But is he smart enough to save the planet? Based on that alone, how do you feel about the book?
1: Dun, dun, dun. Dun,
0: dun, dun. That's exactly <laughs> it. Oh, my gosh. It's so crazy. So what are your feels on the book? Just like after reading it, kind of spoiler free.
1: Yeah, just in general, I loved it. And I was I didn't know anything about it before I started. And I didn't even read the back of the book. I just jumped right in, which I don't recommend usually, but I did. Uh, I loved it. I think if I had read this like 20 years ago, I still would have loved it. And now older. I love it too. So it was just overall really amazing book.
0: It's really a book that stands the test of time. I think it's one of the older books that we've done on this podcast. It was written in the 1980s. Um, But just what he's predicted about future civilization, now thinking back on it, kind of yikes. True, true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's kind of talk about, like, the culture and the world and, like, what's going on. And so... We get that they're being invaded by aliens, but like what are these aliens?
1: Right. Um, so I call them the buggers, right? And I don't wanna get I don't wanna give away too much stuff right. but um buggers and the, the what do they call it? The Formic colonization fleet or mm. the
0: yeah. Yeah. It's so funny because he even embeds pol- political correctness in this whole yeah. series. Yeah. It's like they're called the Formics, but everybody calls them the buggers. Yeah. The buggers. Yep. The buggers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was this colonization fleet that launched these scout ships out into the solar system. Um, and they began messing with human communications uh, because they were basically sending out all of these gamma rays. Yikes. <laughs> No, thank you. (laughs) No, thank you. Exactly. But then they basically attacked, right? Yeah. Um, And it's like, okay, we're being attacked by aliens. Maybe we should do something to stop that from happening. Um, And so their big hero of the day, Mazer Rackham, used basically a nuclear bomb set off in one of their ships to kind of send them packing. And that was during the first Formic invasion. Like they said, there were two. (laughs) PJ. PJ gamma rays <laughs> does hulk show up no Th- this is too finesse for the one. hulk not in yeah. this one <laughs> uh, and there was a second formic invasion because they came back because they're crazy aliens <laughs> and they were sent packing again by mazer rackham so big hero he's a big hero <laughs> and then he kind of disappears off the face of the planet we don't hear from him it's kind of weird that right. your big hero is just kind of... Just kind of disappears. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it's mad weird. Mm, uh, where'd they go? <laughs> but this book takes place from the perspective of our main character, Ender Wiggin. Uh, and it's one of the things that was hard for me to remember throughout the whole book. is that He's a kid. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. So I have a... Little girl who is five and a half, and he's six in this book, and I'm comparing the two, thinking like, "Oh my word! Like, I can't imagine my daughter in any of these situations."
0: So yeah, very difficult. I'm sure that really resonated with you very deeply because he goes through some stuff. Oh my at- gosh!
1: Well, I was comparing a little bit because I was like, "My, I've I've worked really hard to like." let my kid be a kid you know I think that's very important so she's a bit naive and she's your typical like five-and-a-half-year-old who loves unicorns and and pink everything and she's you know just like super sweet and I'm of course very biased because she's my little kid but (laughs) but I'm thinking about Ender and you know as his character develops it's so Like you said, you have to kind of keep reminding yourself, like, this is a child. This is so such a young child, a kindergartner. I mean, in our, you know, today. Yeah. And it's very hard to um, reconcile the two. It
0: doesn't help that he's a super genius. That does. Yeah. That does make a huge difference. (laughs) And it's. (laughs) It's unfortunate because he has all of the same monikers of a 6-year-old. So right. just to kind of talk about the situation on Earth. Earth isn't as great as it used to be, right, cuz they're in the middle of a big space battle. Um but there is a lot of technology and one of the pieces of technology that is used are these monitors that are literally embedded physically on the kids so they can observe them throughout their lives. Ooh. Ooh, like I know TikTok watches us, but that's Uh, mad creepy.
1: uh, It is so bad.
0: And they, and it's, you know, the whole family, they're not just watching
1: or their whole surroundings all the time. They're watching and listening to all of that. So as much as I joke about big brothers watching, like, no, they're, they're really watching these kids.
0: That is yes. Very serious. Big brother watching. Yes, And they go through this process of when they're a little bit older, um, taking off the monitors oh my gosh we got our first ever super chat over on rumble from abby livy you have all my love and support oh thank you abby that is so sweet so yeah guys uh quick reminder if you don't want to support our big tech overlords definitely (laughs) go watch us over on rumble we're not monetized by big tech but we're monetized by small tech so that's a good place to be um So yeah, they have these monitors that are watching them, and he had his on longer than most kids did. Right, exactly. Up until
1: he was sixth, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. His brother didn't like that very much. No. No.
1: And everybody noticed when he didn't have it anymore, too. So... Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Ender is in a very weird position. He's referred to as a third. Right.
1: There's the Two child policy on earth and for his parents to have had a third they had to go through a bunch of hoops with the government to justify having a third and there's this stigma around it for all the thirds in the world at this time so he's dealing with that and then also having that monitor on longer than most kind of sets him apart which is a huge theme anyway
0: (laughs) It it is a huge theme in the book—the sense of isolation, the sense of loneliness—and we'll get to all of those things that Ender experiences. But, and I can't stress this enough—he's six years old. He's six six years old. He's six. He knows he's an outcast because he's the third child, and he—he shouldn't have existed. Like, oh, that is a heavy and unnecessary burden to make your child carry. Right. Exactly
1: and i think he feels it and i know we talk more about his parents later we will get more into Mm -hmm. that later but you know they had him knowing that he's yeah um not really their kid like yeah the government's child pretty much basically yeah and if the government doesn't take him there's also
0: huge failure if you will on their part and stigma around that too so i don't know yeah the culture here is very dark and dire Um, and very sad, the, the population control aspect I found quite disturbing is, but it makes sense knowing the time that Orson Scott Card was writing, because if I remember correctly, that's when China still had its one child policy. Yeah.
1: I think you're right. So, yeah,
0: yeah. very much a commentary uh, on that. Yes. Uh, Oh, abby left us another message on rumble also elise is the cutest and i demand she be on more <laughs> podcasts that is all <laughs> we're not done yet games. i don't know <laughs> i don't know <laughs> <laughs> what the heck <laughs> wartime propaganda 20 dollars on rumble i'm not letting abby win Y'all <laughs> really stop. This is crazy. Bidding war. Bring it on. It is a bidding war. Hey, I'm here for it. Right. You guys are the best. Uh, Abby and PJ really all are the best. You guys definitely need to go follow Conspiracy Pilled. I know Ivy's talking about Atlantis tomorrow, which is going to be super awesome. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. All right. So Ender has two siblings, right? I mean, that's why he's a third. Exactly. <laughs> and his elder brother... Peter, uh, is disturbed. Peter, yikes!
1: Yeah, yeah. yikes! Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. The more you learn about Peter, like the more you're like, yeah, this this kid has serious serious issues. But even just the first
0: few chapters, you're like, yeah. it's just terrible, terrible child, oh, terrible child. He really oh. is a terrible child. He's the child. <laughs> you're like, um, maybe we should get someone to look at him for yeah. those serial killer kind of tendencies. Exactly. Ooh. But, yeah, I, like, yeah,
1: go ahead. Oh, yeah, it's all the check marks. For like, yes.
0: Yeah. If you guys don't remember those check marks, definitely go watch yeah. mine and Katie's that episode uh, where we talked about all of that, the killer across the table. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Also a hard one. But his actual, literal opposite, Valentine, the sister, um, is very soft, very compassionate towards Ender. Um, and she was too soft for a battle school. So on the one hand, you have Peter who's way too violent and uncontrollable for battle school and Valentine who's too soft and compassionate for battle school. So the hope for the international fleet or the IF is that Ender will be this kind of in between just enough of the killer intent to be able to kill aliens, but compassionate enough to lead a fleet.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think he is a good mix. Again, we'll get into that more, but Mm -hmm. he does seem to be a good mix of the two, uh, which is scary and great all at the same same time. (laughs) Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's Uh, tough. It's tough on him. And going back to the fact he's six years old, I I really can't get past it. He seeks so much the love and attention of both of his siblings. Mm -hmm. And only one, Valentine, is really willing to give it. Right.
1: She's the only one who really loves him, understands him, and... Peter, I think, understands him, but he exploits it and uses it to bully and manipulate him. And it's terrible. <laughs> it's just awful. It,
0: it is so awful. It's very sick and manipulative. Um, and I I don't think Peter was that much older than Ender. I feel like they were all two years apart. Yeah.
1: Um. So it's, when he was six, Valentine's eight, and then Peter was 10. Right. I think was how it was. I have to go back and look, but.
0: Yeah, so no, that sounds right to me. That's how I think it was too. Um that's it's such a cruel way to treat your younger brother. Um so Ender's lashing out a lot because his brother is basically abusing him. He's bored to death at school because remember he's a super genius and school is too boring for him. And he's small. He's <laughs> six years old. So these bullies, one of them named Stilton, start you know, picking on him. And he thinks the only way to stop this from ever happening again is to get violent, like he's learned from Peter. Yep.
1: Yep. And it explains so well. One thing I love about um, Card and the way he's written all the characters, but especially Ender, is it's a very subtle character development, mm-hmm. but you understand it. He doesn't have to hit you over the head with like yeah. who Ender is. You really understand him, I think, throughout the whole process of this story. Um, but with Stilton, it was like the day his um, monitor came off, mm-hmm. so he knew that nobody was watching, and uh, all these bullies yeah. came after him. So he took advantage, and
0: uh, I had a point, but I lost it. I do so that far, all the time. I lost so. it. Uh, I, oh. I think PJ made you lose your point because he lost his I appendage, know. but none of his appendage, indi- <laughs> his appendix. <laughs> uh. Thanks, thanks, Peach. Uh, yeah classic for everything that's what i do that's what we do in all the podcasts it's always pj's fault so nobody's
1: got to take the blame we'll just
0: give it to him that's right yeah uh
1: but um but he does have to he does act out like peter but he has reasoning behind it it's not just to be cruel i think was where i was going with this is Mm -hmm. he handles it but he also not just justifies it but he does have a reason and then after he handles Stilton pretty handily, <laughs> he cries about it because he is also <laughs> empathetic. Yeah. So
0: I think that shows what a great balance he is yes. of both Peter and Valentine, because the things he has to do affect him very deeply. Yes. Yeah. It's very conscious Even, and aware
1: yeah. of what he's doing.
0: Even when he's six years old, I can't get past yeah. it. It's like, no, oh, it's terrible.
1: Even as a six year old, he's on top of it. <laughs>
0: Yep. Poor kiddo. Yes, PJ, it is always literally your fault. And yes, you should accept it. (laughs) (laughs) He's not even fighting it anymore. (laughs) That's the best place to be. So let's talk about manipulation. (laughs) Yeah! Yeah! (laughs) Major, major theme in the book. Because everyone is manipulating somebody. Everyone has a greater chess game going on. Absolutely.
1: Um, You know, with Peter and... Manipulating his siblings, and then later we, when we learn more about Graph, yep, Kernel Graph, Graph. I was like, is there an R? Yes, there's an R in there. You got it. (laughs) Uh, And his manipulation of Ender when he gets him into school, and um, even the way the system like manipulates his parents into giving Ender up, and all of that, like it's everywhere.
0: (laughs) It's crazy. It's interesting the way uh, Card tells it, too, because at the beginning of every chapter, we get a little glimpse into what the administration of the IF is thinking. Uh, We don't kind of recognize who it is at first, and it it takes a while for the identities to become clear. But you always get these little conversations between two men, and you're like, "Uh, they're they're playing games. Right? (laughs) They're a little foreshadowing. You're like, oh, I see what you're doing. Rude. But like you said, it doesn't hit you over the head with it. It's very mm-hmm. subtle, um, and it doesn't detract from the overall story.
1: Absolutely, no. I think it. I think it added to it.
0: Yeah, um, totally for agree. sure. Totally. Agree. Um, and just to kind of flesh out the manipulation part, yeah. once Ender finally does go to battle school, there's a separate storyline we mm-hmm. kind of get in the background between Peter and Val, and Peter is massively manipulating Val. Into basically writing political propaganda at eight years old. At eight, yeah, at eight, and she's brilliant. Also and she's brilliant. Yep. He does great, and Peter does great
1: with it. So, and I was going to say too, like with the manipulation, it's all. It, it's not like they don't know. Like yeah. Val knows. She says it. She goes, "I know he's. I know what he's doing, and I kind of want him to talk me into this." She says at one point, and he does. Peter does. Mm-hmm. And Ender's also very much aware of how much he's being manipulated at school. Maybe not all the details, but yeah, he knows it's all a game and they're doing this all to him. He learns right. pretty quick in a hard way too.
0: It's so interesting because you're right. They do recognize it the whole time and they find tiny little ways to fight against it. But it's not like they're outright saying, well, I'm not going to do it. Right. Right. They're right. much more crafty about it.
1: Yes. They fight the manipulation in their own way, and they try to, both Val and Ender like try to subtly do things their own way, any within the manipulation, if you will. (laughs) That's true.
0: That's true. PJ says, "Great job for an eight-year-old." They also write political propaganda for the left. I mean, (laughs) check, Drew. Yeah, yeah. That's their new tactic. That is their new tactic. So we've talked a lot about the sibling relationships and it, it's such a prominent theme uh, throughout the whole series because you have Peter who's like this boogeyman in Ender's eyes. Uh, he's always thinking, I can't be like Peter. I can't be like Peter. Whereas Val is like his hero. Like she mm-hmm. comes to save him from Peter's violence and manipulation. Yep. Um,
1: and that was also, i just remembered like, that was something they were worried about when they were coming to take Ender to yeah. um, school was like, well, his connection and his love for Valentine might be too much. It might keep him at home and um, almost was. And I feel like even their his love for her helped him in the beginning right. more than, more than anything. Yeah.
0: I think that's totally right. Um, but his siblings aren't the only people in his lives. There are, of course, his parents yes. I, and you might be surprised to learn that his parents were actually Christians. His father was a Catholic and his mom was a Mormon. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were both forced to give up their religions. And that says a lot about this world that Orson Scott Card has built, uh, that people are forced to give up their faith because of this big war. <laughs> exactly. They, um <sighs>
1: This kind of overshadowing war that's always looming right. is um, more powerful than anything else, and they just—I um, think—reading this book, they give up a lot of culture and a lot of a lot of everything just because there's war on the horizon all the time, and um, it's also kind of scary to think about. Today, like, (laughs) what do we give up for our safety? What freedoms do we give up for our safety? And I think that's a lot of things going on here too.
0: Card is so phenomenal about reflecting in fiction what we experience in our own world, Uh, and that's definitely one of them. Yes, Uh, for sure. And not to get too conspiracy pilly, but something like Project Blue Beam. I don't know. That's PJ's job. I'm not going to talk about it. We'll let them handle 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 it. it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> we're just uh bumping it up for them a little that's bit. right there you that's go, right guys. we got to
0: hype it up a little bit yep. war is always used to solidify beliefs of course they would use it to control religion absolutely right they absolutely do. right yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> get conspiracy pilled i know <Arno. laughs> But you can tell that the parents haven't totally given it up. I mean, it's clear that they want to have more kids. Otherwise, they wouldn't have agreed to have a third child anyway. Um, And this is where the question comes in. Were the parents selfish and wanting to have a third child, knowing that the IF would take them? Right. Um, I mean, it does and or technically belong to the IF. I mean, there's so much to dissect here, I feel like.
1: I thought so too. And I really got hooked on this part in the beginning. And I think a lot of it has to do with just where I'm at in my life. Like I look at my two girls and I'm like, I, you, they knew when they fought because they had to fight to have a third. Like they didn't just, whoops. Like they had to go through a lot of hoops before they could even think about having a third. So with the government and all that. So they had time to think about it. And it does make you think like, You kind of knew what you were signing up for and even though you want these children was it um was it selfish or was it i don't know i wrestled with that in the beginning too like "Mm, should you have done that this poor child i don't
0: know It is hard because in one way you can see it as a small act of rebellion. Like, yes. hey, I, I'm going to follow yes. my faith. I'm going to have more children, right? that That's something we want, right? We yes. want people to have children, especially as Christians. You know, we're called to go forth and populate the earth. Uh, but at the same time, knowing what you're consigning that child to. Right. Um, it's kind of hard. That is tough.
1: And I do think that's kind of how his parents fought the manipulation of the government too, in their own kind of way, just playing off of that theme as well. Like they kind of were like, well, this is what we want. And so we know what we're sacrificing, but we will get to have one. And I think his parents really did love him, but they were also standoffish because they knew they were gonna lose him uh, one way or another. I think at one point they say, um, his mom would go in and sing and pray with him when, when she thought he was sleeping. Yeah. Um, he thought she thought he was sleeping, thought Ender was sleeping and she would go in there and pray over him and things like that. So those little acts of rebellion that they did too. So
0: I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. Um, I think that's as much as we can say, totally spoiler free.
1: I think so too.
0: (laughs) This book just has so much guys. Um, I mean, I can't recommend it enough. It, like I said, it's one of my favorite books. Uh, so if you haven't read the book already, I mean, go do it. What do are you it, doing? Do it. Anything you want to say before the spoiler warning? I don't think so.
1: You should just read this book. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Okay.
0: Yeah. All right. This is your warning. we got our little spoiler warning tag on there you guys have been warned here it comes here it comes all right let's talk about isolation because we mentioned earlier that isolation is a major major theme in this book i mean immediately he's on the ship to go to battle school and Graf already starts picking on him i know he thinks that this is like his friend and gonna be his buddy and
1: his mentor and he's like no (laughs) joke's on you (laughs) exactly right off the bat he's like no and just totally picking on him, like, hey, here's the smartest, brightest kid we've gotten here. Y'all are losers
0: compared to him. And <laughs> and we have to remember, these are kids, and they may, may be super geniuses, but they're still gonna act like kids. Yeah. If you they see that there's someone more powerful or smarter than them, they're gonna start picking on him. Exactly. Yep. Yep.
1: To uh, try and dominate. Yep.
0: Yeah. Why is Graf doing this? Why is he trying to isolate Ender from the other kids? Isn't he supposed to become this great leader of some kind? Right, right. So the whole
1: idea is that he won't conform, that he will become more creative. And I think they also say, like, they help- They think that that will help build his empathy in a way. And it's like, I've struggled with the juxtaposition of this throughout the whole book because he's so isolated. and he de- But it works. To an extent, I mean, right. this kid's obviously never going to be a child, but <laughs>
0: oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. I, There's
1: that was sacrificed, like yeah, where they put the monitor in pretty much, but yeah, yeah. Um, but that's what I thought about the isolation. I was like, I mean, it works, but to at what price? And I know we'll talk mm-hmm. more about that later. But what did you? Did you? What did you think of it? Yeah,
0: I think you're right. It's trying to keep him from conforming because it's so easy when you want to make friends, you'll sacrifice parts of yourself to fit in. And if you go ahead and establish, oh, you're not going to fit in, you have nothing left to lose. So why not just be your true self? Is that a nice way to treat a six-year-old? No. (laughs) I don't think anything they
1: do to him is nice. No. But yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Oh, just, it's weird how it, how it all works out in the end, but yeah, it well, breaks it your does. heart through the whole, through the whole thing.
0: <laughs> it does. Yeah. Um, it, and especially because bullying plays a key role throughout the whole story. Yes. Uh, I mean, he truly is it. Not to sound redundant, he is intellectually superior than every single person at that battle school. Probably even more than the teachers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, He beats them at all the games in the game room, which he finds incredibly boring, and even hacks into his desk and uses it to send anonymous messages to bullies uh, signed from God. I was (laughs) like, (laughs) what a troll. I love it.
1: I also love how Card wrote, like, kind of reminded you that they were kids and the nicknames that they called each other, too. (laughs) So, um, I don't remember the joke now specifically that he starts when he hacks into the system about the other kid and like, he likes to look at
0: butts or something like that. Oh yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. remember the joke, but I know what you're talking yeah. about. There's
1: something along those lines. And like all the jokes and all the names that the kids call each other are like names
0: that kids would call each other. Right. Like hot soup. Like who nicknames names their yeah. friend hot soup. Exactly. And like heart eater or something like that like right. i
1: mean there's so many of those things i'm like oh yeah my my five and a half year old would say <laughs> right
0: yeah but. so so much of their childhood is kind of preserved in those small little acts right um, <clears throat> but not that's,
1: enough, not enough. <laughs> that's
0: like it <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah pj's right ender is the ultimate troll he trolls so much in this story it's great. so bad so bad <laughs> it's very satisfying when he does troll it's true. it's true. He makes the most of it. That's for sure. He does. He does. <laughs> now I have to be a teeny tiny nerd because I can't help myself. Right. Um, but I love how Orson Scott card deals with gravity. Yay. Yes. Uh, it's so good because bef- before I read Ender's Game, so often sci-fi books would just kind of ignore gravity or null gravity um, and just be like, oh, there's a gravity fixer in our spaceship. Mm-hmm. But when they start like launching up to go to battle school, there is zero gravity yeah. that does things to your body. Right. Absolutely. And he he
1: I think he writes it well, too, because also for me. I'm not a huge sci-fi person because sometimes they get so caught up in all for me, all the science. Fair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what I a, read like, it for. Like,
1: but <laughs> see, for me, I'm just like, it's hard to imagine. I don't really like hard to see it in my head, but he does it so well that even someone like me can read it and appreciate it and
0: <laughs> and love it. So I like that. He's play. making it accessible to every type of reader. It's not yeah. locked behind this, uh, supposed, su- I don't want to say superiority wall because that's not what it is. It's like a knowledge wall. It's like if yes. you don't have this knowledge, you can't appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not fair, but Card doesn't do that. He makes it very accessible to every type of reader. It reminds me a lot of the way Pierce Brown deals with gravity uh, in Red Rising. Yes. Though this came out first, so I guess it'd be the other way around. <laughs>
1: right. Great twist it, but yeah.
0: Yeah. I can um, see a lot of similarities there
1: where I'm like, right. Pierce Brown. You took some ideas from this guy. I oh, for did. sure.
0: <laughs> well, and I think Orson Scott Card is one of the first sci-fi authors to write sci-fi like someone would write fantasy. When I got to see him speak in person, this yeah. one of the things about was that sci-fi is so interesting, but people aren't approaching it right. If you write it like you're writing a fantasy, you can tell a better story, which I thought was very interesting.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. And that's why I think he sticks out. And that's why this has stood one of the many reasons why it stood the test of time. He just wrote so well. So So well. Yeah. So well.
0: And profound. (laughs) Very profound. Very profound. Uh, The other books really get into that level, but yeah, it'll be cool. So, uh, competition, of course, I mean, it's called Ender's Game. So competition is kind of the name of the game. Drum (laughs) and a cymbal fall off a cliff. (laughs) Um, So the first company Ender has moved to is Salamander Army. Yeah.
1: And abruptly, you know, there was no warning and it wasn't time for him to do that either. So he's just like going back to his locker and nothing opens up and all his stuff is gone. Oh,
0: hey. Guess you're getting moved. Yeah. Yeah. first of many times (laughs) first of many times let's see what's going on here in the chat the chat is hopping tonight the way Ender works out how to judge orientation in the war games is so good absolutely Yes. the enemy's gate is always down I loved that oh it was so good so good Ender has more attitude than Harry Potter (laughs) I mean fair Harry Potter starts crying a lot in the later books so
1: Ender just has a complete mental breakdown. He doesn't cry about it. That's he first. just has a mental breakdown.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. So PJ, good. yay, Red Rising. It <laughs> yeah. has to. We it had to come up at least. I had to come up. Yeah. We know you love Red Rising. <laughs> uh, if it's hard sci-fi, you like, you got to read the Expanse books. I've heard that before. I, I need to add those to my TBR. So much to add to my TBR. <laughs> I'm sure the list is just... It's like, I, I yeah. don't have enough life. <laughs> right? <laughs> There's only so much time. Yep. All right. So, Enders and Salamander Army. And the thing that frustrates me... And we know the administration is doing this intentionally. Basically, every time he gets comfortable with, with a company, they right. move him again. Right. Um, so, while he's in Salamander Army, of course, he doesn't get along there very well. Uh, he doesn't get along with the leader, Bonzo, who is just another big bully in his life. Um, yep. But once he starts making friends with the other launchies, they move him again.
1: Yep, exactly. Like, just when you're comfortable, we're going to pull the rug out from underneath you. And Yep. yep
0: keep you on your toes all the time yep and and i like how he doesn't at first he doesn't let it bother him too much like while he's in salamander army he's not letting the bully the leader bonzo bother him he's working with petra trying to actually learn uh how to use the battle room how to use his gun even though bonzo's trying to keep him from doing that because he's so small and little yep yep
1: he's basically tying his hands behind his back and not letting him do anything and he does make friends, like Petra, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she wasn't the first in battle school, but she's definitely um, a solid friend that he makes on and off. But right. <laughs> But it does show that he can make friends, that he is capable of keeping those relationships right. and understanding other people. Um, and Petra really takes him under her wing and shows him the ropes, which is huge.
0: That is so huge. Um, And it's these little acts of kindness from those around him um, that I think keep his spirits up because it would be so easy for him to just wallow in self-pity. But he doesn't. He takes action. uh, And I really appreciate that about his character
1: definitely and it's like what you and i might consider like little tidbits of friendship like not enough uh human companionship he takes those and he just runs with them and uses them to the yeah just to to make himself better to make him um, a better leader later and all those good things and more empathetic which is what they wanted to so
0: yeah absolutely yeah um So eventually, Bonzo gets so annoyed with the fact that Ender is practicing behind his back that he ends up trading him to Rat Army.
1: Yep. And Rat Army, it was, um, I can't think of the name of the leader of Rat Army right now. But it was like the complete opposite of Bonzo. Yeah. And Bonzo was, you know, like very strict, very cruel. And this guy's like super laid back and. I mean, still not nice,
0: but. Right. <laughs> yeah. Not perfect, but better right. than uh, Bonzo was. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which is sad that that's a trade up. Yeah. So one of the things, one of his friends, Dink. and Yeah. a good names? name. <laughs> Another good name. Dink. Yes. <laughs> so Dink mentions or suggests that the buggers actually are totally gone. And that battle school is the way to control the kids. While you were reading that, did that theory ever cross your mind? Or did you think, oh, he might be onto something? Right.
1: No, that kind of, I had that feeling throughout the whole
0: book. Like, maybe this
1: isn't real. Because here, I'm going to make PJ and Abby happy for a second. But I was thinking in the book, like, what a great concept. Like, the Earth, the world is on the verge of World War Three. Except for like the bugger invasion, could come right. anytime, so we can't be fighting amongst ourselves, we have to focus
0: on this. And I was hey. project blue yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> you're welcome, guys. You're welcome, yeah. You're welcome. Time yeah. All in. <laughs> this no. show is basically a promotion for conspiracy pills. I don't know how it ended up. Being it has been today, it happened today. It's crazy, <laughs> not
1: on purpose, I swear. Not on purpose, <laughs> it's just the nature of this book right yes it's true and so that that thought did occur to me several times and then when he said it i was like you know i wonder the only thing that made me not fully believe that the buggers weren't real was Graf's um intensity and in making ender um such a super soldier because i don't think he needed that for like world war Three. i think he really right. needed that for the buggers so that was the only thing that kind of
0: that's a good point. Yeah. 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 Did yeah, you think you're, so? you're right, PJ, you don't pay me enough. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think you're right because originally, because Mazer Rackham disappeared, we don't know where he is. Why right. is your hero gone? Did right. your hero even exist? I right. was kind of like wondering about that. Yes. Um and then Dink mentioned this, but you're right. The intensity with which Graf pursued making Ender a super soldier. There would be no logical reason to basically torture a six year old.
1: <laughs> I right. mean if the world wasn't on the verge of being destroyed. So which, we'll talk about the efficacy right. of that later. Yes. Um well, yes. Yeah. Um and with that too, the um something else oh when he was watching the videos like this is later but when he was watching the videos to try and learn more because he's like I don't think they can teach me anything else here so he's trying to watch all the propaganda videos from the first and the second invasion Mm -hmm. and there's really not much for him to watch like they've cut out so much so I also at that time was like maybe they are real I
0: don't know that's another thing it's like they weren't useful you would think in battle school they wouldn't cut out any information they would want you to have every piece of information yes. so you could learn from it and Me. make the same <laughs> and win right yeah. if Mazer rackham could win twice maybe we should learn how he did it right why are you hiding these things i don't know yes. it's weird
1: so that was always yeah back yeah. in my mind like mm, that's kind of weird but yeah it was super weird
0: yeah another kind of underlying storyline that's going on while he's at battle school is the fantasy game. Fantasy game is so interesting.
1: That was really interesting. Um, Cause I was like, what's the point? But then, you know, I, then they you find are. out. Yeah. Then you're like, Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So yeah, the, the AI is learning about him and it's, and the instructors are using it to learn about him, but they're not designing it, which that when I found that out, I was like,
0: right interesting that part was really weird so it's basically this video game he plays at his desk it's not like Mm -hmm. a game in the battle room it's just it's just a video game um free time yeah. yeah like you would think oh it's just some video game but he keeps getting stuck at this one part called the giant's drink, and He keeps getting stuck, uh, but then he has to make a choice. And again, in order to get past an obstacle, he has to act out violently, which makes him feel sucky and makes him feel like Peter. And he hates that. He hates yeah. feeling like Peter.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Um, like everything he doesn't want to be, he kind of has, he thinks right. he has to do to win or move forward and face yeah. that, and face that darker side of himself, if you will. When he goes yeah. through these things. So it's tough. And they said something about the Giants drink. Like nobody passes that. Nobody's passed that nobody before him.
0: Yep. And he was the only one. He was the only one. Mm-hmm. You know what tastes better than the Giants drink? Mm. I hear it's North Arrow coffee. Cheers. Cheers. North Arrow coffee is so, so great, you guys. Um, it is delicious coffee. Five-star microwavable. Uh, and it's pro-life. They donate 15% of all proceeds to pro life charities. Uh, it's single origin and roast to order. Um, so treat yourself to some delicious North Arrow coffee uh, and save some babies by using code HawkHound to get 10% off your order. Uh, so definitely do that. First time I think I've gotten through an ad read <laughs> decently well in a while. Nice job. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Not easy. No, it's not easy. Ad <laughs> reads are hard. Ad reads are hard. Reads but the coffee's hard. good. The, ca- the coffee is good. Seriously, it is so good, guys. I don't just read it because it's an ad I have to read. It is genuinely good coffee. I really do drink it on every single stream. Um, I let it sit in the pot all day, though, so that's why I have to microwave it. But the fact that it's still delicious, even after microwaving, I mean, you just have to treat yourself to it. It's mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: I did the same thing. This is from this morning. Nice. Right in the
0: microwave. Right in the microwave. Yeah. So make sure you guys go to uh to get 10% off your order. All right. So back to the game, the fantasy game in particular. Yes. So once he get back, gets past the giant's drink, he does a few things and then walks up to a mirror. What does he see in the mirror?
1: He sees Peter. Oh, the Man again. I know. Dun,
0: dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, That must have been super traumatic.
1: And I think it really freaked him out because
0: it's a mirror. So it's supposed to be him, obviously.
1: And then he sees like his arch nemesis and the exact person he doesn't want to be staring back at him. So obviously (laughs) (laughs) playing a big part in his
0: psyche. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And, And the thing we have to remember is like you were saying the AI is doing yes it, 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 we could think oh graph is just doing this to mess with them but graph isn't doing it
1: no it's all the AI and I think they even say at one point that the image of Peter is an updated image of Peter like it's not Peter how he would have looked when and mm-hmm. you left it was how Peter looks now and so the computer was like on top of it
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was so creepy so creepy so creepy, so creepy.
1: super creepy the whole, uh, the whole fantasy game, like all the things he has to do in that game, creep you out a bit. Like the way yeah. he killed the giant, and then the children and the wolves, and yeah. the mirror and the snake, and like,
0: I don't, there's I won't so go into huge detail
1: because it's, yeah,
0: there's it's a lot. It's super creepy. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Seriously, if we talked about every single little thing in this book, we would be here forever. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which means you should go read it. <laughs> life through to the max says i forget if i've actually read ender's game or not but i really like the movie oh i got i got tea to share about the movie man <laughs> we'll get I, to that in the rumble section nice nice
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um so the next thing i want to talk about is community because Ender really does end up sharing community he gets transferred again to phoenix army with his friend petra Yay! Yay. <laughs> I, he, he needed that. He did need that. Yeah. And I can't
1: remember. Like, they were still close during that time. They kind of fell apart afterwards. Yeah. yeah. It was later. And this yeah.
0: Because part. after he trains with Phoenix Army for quite a long time, I think yeah. he's nine years old by the time we see him again. Yep. Um, and graph is like okay we're gonna pull you out of this place where you feel community and make you the leader of dragon army a cursed army that's never won anything and give you a bunch of launches and untrained veterans and you gotta win good luck yeah. kid
1: and you can't trade any of them like you gotta you keep all these guys. yeah
0: and <laughs> make them work make it work make it work uh, but he does he does but he does he does. That's the thing. Enter mm-hmm. can't stop winning. Even when they're stepping on him, he can't stop winning.
1: It doesn't matter what they're throwing at him. He makes it work. And especially with Dragon Army, you really see him. I mean, you see him as a leader before, but then he really gets to step into his power as a leader yeah. and make this, like, ragamuffin crew really work. And um, I'm just like, oh, yeah. I mean, he's he's good at everything. This yeah. He really is.
0: Yeah. He really comes into his own when he's with Dragon Army because he takes the time to specifically train different platoons. He even takes this little kid, Bean, who he, he reminds him a lot of himself. Mm-hmm. Kind of this very young, very brilliant, cocky little kid. Yes. And he starts doing to Bean what Graf did to him. Yes exactly
1: and when i when i read that part i was like oh you know how he feels why can't what? you just why can't you just do better and <laughs> do better ender do better <laughs> do better for bean but he doesn't i mean he, he does doesn't. but he doesn't
0: he's there more for bean than graf yeah. was there for him yeah um but kind of reflecting on that now um do you think graf had a point did isolating and or make him more creative, force him to be a better type of soldier without conformity around? I think it did. I struggled with this one too, because you know, you're know you
1: sacrificing this kid and that's kind of the whole thing. He's, his childhood's completely sacrificed. Not yeah. that anybody here really has a normal childhood, oh, no. but him especially, like no friends and completely isolated. And I don't see him as the type of character to conform, but they also couldn't take the chance. Right. So, and I know we'll talk about this theme a little more later, but they, um, you know, they sacrifice, like I said, his childhood, but also his mental state and his psyche. And just, they totally, um, I don't want to say they throw this kid away because they don't, they're building him into something, but they totally disregard any, any any care that they have about him, yeah. they kind of they can't feel it because I know Graf says that at one point, like yeah, I love this kid, but I this is what I need, and they sacrifice right. him to save the world. Spoiler alert: yeah. obviously, it works, but at what cost? And right. was it worth keeping him from everybody else? Right. I don't know. I mean, I would say no because it's like
0: <laughs> let him have something. <laughs> Let him have something. That's the thing. I know. It's like, but then is Ender a hypocrite for doing the same thing to Bean? Right. And I always felt like
1: he knew what he was doing mm-hmm. and it worked with Bean too. And I, he, he catches himself right after he does it. Like the right. first day he's like, oh my gosh, I just did the same thing to this kid that I hated that was done to me. Right. And of course he can justify it kind of like he does everything else. But um, I don't know if he was being a hypocrite or if he just doesn't know how else to act. Yeah. You know what?
0: I'm I'm not to justify being cruel to another child, but right. I mean, we have to remember he's young and all Mm -hmm. he knows is the example that is set for him. Um, Yes. We can try and excuse it that he's a super genius, but his human interactions is skills. I mean, that's not a super genius thing. That's something Mm -mm. you learn. Yes. Um, And he's learned those interactions through people who are manipulating him. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But like you said, it works. Because after he trains them all up, Dragon Army never loses.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep. And they grow stronger and more um, together. You know, their sense of community grows
0: and they're inseparable pretty much. Oh, it's so beautiful to watch. It's like yeah. life to the max says, all I do is win, win, win. <laughs> yeah. All Ender and Dragon Army does is win, win, win. So yes. great. Yes. Um, which brings us oh. to the theme of friendship. Because even after all of this, Ender does finally find some friends in Dragon Army.
1: Finally. Finally.
0: <laughs> oh, I was so glad to see that. Yes, Definitely. Um, because even with Bean, Bean becomes a friend to him. Um, and this friendship really blossoms when Bonzo from Salamander Army yes. starts to feel a little slighted because Dragon Army beat them a little bit too fast. Right.
1: His uh, ego didn't like that
0: mm-hmm. at all.
1: Not yep. at all. <laughs> um, and when that happened, too, I wondered like if Petra was in on it or not at that time.
0: Yeah. At first. Because this is when Petra starts to fall away from him. Mm Ender's getting so big and so powerful uh, that a lot of his old friends from Salamander and Phoenix Army are starting to fall away. But he makes new ones. Unexpected ones. Unexpected new ones, exactly. And it's really beautiful
1: to see. And it's really like, oh, thank goodness.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This kid needs friends something fierce. Yeah, he does.
1: And I think he still feels a degree of separation from all of them, but it's still so much right. better than what he, I mean, cause his, he doesn't even get to bunk with as a commander. He has to bunk yeah. on his own. I mean, he doesn't even have that, but so he's still
0: separated, separated a bit, but better, <laughs> it's better so, than it was so much before. better. Yeah so much better than it was before um and i love the way dragon army really rallies around him when it's clear that bonzo is out for blood yes um, because that guy does not take things lightly nope
1: (laughs) and he got a big troop to rally around him too bonzo did to come after ender and kind of stir up a lot of hostility and then hit uh when they knew it was coming a lot of people, you know, don't be alone. Let's protect our commander. You know, he wasn't he wasn't alone.
0: Until he was. Until he was. <laughs> That's how it was. That was his fault. Yep. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it was, in fact. Yeah. Bonzo be bonkers. He was a lot more than bonkers because he did end up getting Ender alone. And just like before, he forced Ender into a situation in which he had to make a choice.
1: Yes. Dun, dun, dun. And he handled it... Um, readily that's for sure We took care of it
0: i don't know how else you would handle that situation when you feel like your life is being truly threatened yes what else do you do what else do you do
1: and that's that's the thing is i don't think bonzo had any intention of just giving him a light beating and letting it go like no way this was going to be bloodshed and terrible and I think at some point in the book, somebody says something. It's one of those conversations before the chapter starts. Mm-hmm. And one of the commanders or somebody says, um, you know, he's not a killer. He just, Ender, he's not a killer. He right. just handles things very efficiently or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that. That's, that's one way to put it
0: because he does. <laughs> he does. And uh, like in those conversations, we later learned that, he ended up killing Bonzo and Stiltson and Stiltson, which, which that we was, didn't know. Mm-mm. That was terrible.
1: So just to yeah, learn.
0: Yeah. Just to learn. So was Ender right. Did he become Peter? See,
1: I don't think so in that Peter's totally sociopath yeah. and there's no empathy there. There's no remorse for anything that he's done. Whereas Ender handles things so forcefully but he also understands it and understands what the consequences are if he doesn't handle it readily. Right. With Bonzo, he even said, he goes, I think that last hit, I didn't need to do that. He was already done. And it was like, he knew, but he didn't know yeah, kind of thing and took it too far. But again, who did he have to teach him? Right boundaries or how they didn't even teach him restraint because they were just like go 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 you win 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 and there was no um there's no pulling back there's no holding back you go all out and he did and he handled it um but in the difference with him and peter i think the biggest thing is um again he he has the empathy he knows what he's doing he's not doing there's no pleasure in it for him yeah that's for sure whereas with peter it
0: was definitely different (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Trevor makes a really interesting point. The kid-on-kid violence would never fly in YA fiction now. Yes and no. Because, I mean, this same sort of violence was seen in The Hunger Games. And that was in 2014, I want to say. I guess that was still almost 10 years ago now. Um, But definitely not young kid violence. Like, these were not even preteens yet they were younger than 10 so yeah that's certainly true that's true um,
1: and it made me think of it, it reminded me of Lord of the Flies a bit too in that yes. the hostility and the, <laughs> and the violence yeah I was like oh that's very similar I've read this before <laughs>
0: it is, I, so interesting how many themes are pulled from Lord of the Flies in this book because yeah yeah,
1: yeah. Even the even the nudity, which I wasn't going to bring up, mm. but there's still a lot. Of, without there's a lot of nudity in this book that's not, you know, you just know that when the kids are when the boys are in their bunk, they're not wearing anything, and like right. the fight with Bonzo, they both were. They were in naked. the showers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's nothing. Um, he doesn't I go into any more detail. Part. Well, he doesn't really go into any more detail, which is great. Yeah. He just kind of like, oh yeah, by the way, yeah and um that and i think there's i think there's more to that symbolically i don't i didn't really think about it that far but also yeah. <laughs> I, i'm not going to <laughs> i'm just going to leave that <laughs> i'm not going to touch that but that made me think of lord of the flies too the similarities right. there um that's a good which point which is the only reason i mention it but
0: i i yeah. didn't think of that that's a really good point i honestly forgot about all of that (laughs) probably because I wanted to yes yes exactly (laughs) I really wasn't going to mention it and I'm like well no I think it's a good point I think it's a good point because you're right it does make that comparison to Lord of the Flies even stronger Mm -hmm. um, which I think is important uh Life to the Max says Ender has a reason that he isn't sadistic what is his quote Win so that they don't retaliate yeah I think that's it yes Um, want to be the ultimate winner which is what Graf wants right he wants Ender to win against the buggers so they don't retaliate
1: exactly exactly like this this whole war is to end all the wars all the invasions it's to finalize all of this so I have to do a quick shout out hi Violet
0: Violet (laughs) PJ's little girl (laughs) Violet says hi Aunt (laughs) Seeky aww Hi, baby. <laughs> hey, Violet. <laughs> <laughs> Got to give little shout outs for that. Right. BJ, why are you letting her listen to this episode? I know. We were just talking about nudity. Right. This is not appropriate. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right. When so they don't retaliate, sounds like Daryl logic. I'm telling you, Pierce Brown read this book and was like, ah, oh, yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. And the other thing, like, so Daryl always says, like, shift the paradigm when he's trying to um, come up with something brilliant to do that people won't see coming. And I feel like Ender could have said the same thing. Like, right. We're rethinking this. We're doing this a different way. Um, Which is ultimately what, (laughs) well, leads to so much success for him. So, so true. Yeah.
0: Also violence and divergent IDK what current books are like. Yeah. Divergent also had a lot, a lot of violence. I forgot about that one, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Who's Darrow? He's the main character of Red Rising. Go listen to episode one of Lit if you don't know who Darrow is. And then go read the book. And then go read the book. Yeah. <laughs> no. Reverse order. Right, read, right. Read Red Rising and then go listen to episode one of Lit. That's yes. one PJ's in. Though I don't know if you want to watch it now. No. Thank- warning. Yeah, warning. warning PJ's in it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So just kind of getting back on it. Yeah. Sorry. Um, no, you're good. I always get off on <laughs> side tangents. <laughs> Me too. Poor audio listeners are like, I don't know what's going on. I know. <laughs> all right. So strength and skill. <clears throat> I mean, he's winning. He's winning too much. Yeah. And so, of course, they have to make him do two battles at the same time.
1: Mm-hmm. Never been done before.
0: Never been done before.
1: Yeah. And they've changed all the rules because mm-hmm. it was it was like a battle every day, which wasn't the norm. Right. And then, yeah, then they switch it up to two two, two against on one. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, and then two and then, against one, yeah. Yes, exactly. Oh, the, <sighs> the manipulation. To, they were, I think they were trying to break him. Yes, I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I kept wondering throughout the whole thing, like, when is this kid going to break? Right. When He's got to he break.
0: <laughs> they wanted to make him lose, but he never lost. Not ever. Never did. Ever Never lost. Uh, and the way he
1: won the the battle, like the two-on-one, mm. two armies against his, was again that like shift the paradigm, which is not this book, but that's what keeps resonating in my head. Um, so he's like, we have enough people, let's just go for the gate. Let's yeah. just do it. They won't see it coming. And that is the creativity I think they were looking for in Ender, somebody who could think differently like that, break the rules yeah. and make it work.
0: And I don't want to understate it, but he really just did an amazing job training his platoon yes. leaders and his yes. whole his whole army. He was able to strategize who had the best skills and place them in the best places. He even had Bean create like a special platoon uh, so they could do the crazy and most creative things. Yeah. I mean, such leadership and wisdom.
1: And he was. He was a great leader and that's mm-hmm. why I think he was effective too. Not just yep. that he could think crazy and make it work, but then he also encouraged Bean to do the same thing. Like you and your special platoon, um, you go off and like if it's cra the crazier the better, the stupider mm-hmm. the better. If it's not going to work, try it. Like right. and just encouraged him to do that. So
0: I loved that. He did too. <laughs> and Bean yeah. did. He took Bean it, and did ran with it. Yeah. PJ says, uh, lol no good deed goes unpunished that was certainly true for ender i mm-hmm. mean he could have given up an any point and it all would have been over what do you think kept him going i don't know
1: <laughs> I, don't I don't know I,
0: don't I would know. have been like you know what i quit i know
1: i know part of it maybe because it's all he knew and uh you know, he kind of understood that the weight of the world was literally on his shoulders. Literally.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't know if they ever just come right out and say what, and I could have totally missed it, but like what keeps Ender going is like, yeah, I don't know, kiddo, but good job.
0: But good job. I think part of it was, yeah, he always wins, but he didn't want to lose to the administration. Yes. He was going to beat them at their own game. You're right. You're right. That was his rebellion.
1: Like, you want to keep
0: changing the rules? Okay. All right. I see you. You're going to cheat. I'm going to cheat right back. Exactly. But then they pull the biggest cheat and take him away from the community he forged and send him to command school.
1: Yeah. They break up his whole (sighs) community and send everybody off on their own way and
0: take him right out of there. I mean, uh, oh, it was so yucky. I know. I, I don't know how else to describe it.
1: I know. I was I like, really they're desperate.
0: Know. That's yeah. what I thought. I was like, just
1: desperate. <laughs> yeah, they were actually desperate. <laughs> yes. And again, you don't really find out till the end how desperate, but. <laughs> um, Yeah. And I wasn't sure if it was desperate, like they needed to win this war or desperate, like we're going to make this kid break. Mm. At, at that point, when they took him away.
0: I don't know if it was the, we're desperate, we're going to make him break, because I think he did break just a little bit, which is why they took him back to Earth, so he could see Val. You're right. You're right. I
1: forgot that part.
0: It's, which was it's huge. huge. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's easy to forget that part, because it's, it's one of the slower parts of the book, in mm-hmm. such a fast-paced book. I mean, there really are no slow parts, except maybe this one little part yeah. where he goes back to Earth. And he's just like floating in this. I can't remember if it was a pond or a pool, yeah, lake, pond,
1: something. something,
0: yeah. And he Water. was just like, "Why am I doing this?" And the uh, and Graph basically manipulates Val into convincing Ender to go to command school. Yes, yes. Oh, it's so gross.
1: Yeah, and it is. It is so bad. And again, she knows it. She knows yep. what he's using her for. She does. And she even says. Uh, something about she doesn't want to be bugged, like doesn't want them listening at the beginning. And um, Graf was like, well, Ender built the raft that you guys are going to be floating on. We won't be able to hear anything, but I really want you to tell me. Yeah. And then she kind of switches at the end of the conversation. Like I don't have a bathing suit. Why don't you give me a bathing suit knowing <laughs> that that's yeah. going to be bugged and they're going to be listening. Yeah. So, um, but he's able to convince her and manipulate her into, like you said, pushing yeah. him to do this and it just breaks your heart. You're like, and I'm, I was hoping, cause I was like, Ender will see right through this. And I'm just yeah. hoping that him and his sister are able to still love each other
0: yeah. <laughs> throughout yeah. all of this. I I love their relationship. It, yes. It's a little, it's a little too tight in some ways, but I can understand why, because she's literally the only person in his life who truly loves him for who he is and isn't trying to use him.
1: Right. Yes, agreed. Yeah.
0: So he eventually does go to command school. Guess who he's trained by?
1: I love this. I love this. I, I was like, no, no. I know,
0: right? This is so good.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Maser Rackham is just this old dude sitting in his bedroom. Obi Wan it Kenobi.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> it's so true. I was waiting for him to be like, "Oh yeah, you're my great grandson" or something like that. But right? <laughs> he didn't go that far. So that would have been crazy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was i was like
0: no we I haven't won't. seen we haven't heard from mazer rackham right. this whole series oh right. he's at command school waiting for Ender.
1: yeah he's just waiting he's gonna be his trainer his like you said obi-wan
0: yeah his obi-wan kenobi he's <laughs> a jerk for an obi-wan kenobi
1: he was not nice
0: <laughs> he was not nice at all no. but both he and Graf give him some useful information, which we've mentioned the buggers so much. Maybe we should talk about them. Right, right. <laughs> they
1: are real. They, they are, are real. real.
0: <laughs> it's okay. a real thing. They're not all they're not all dead. <laughs> no, they're definitely not all dead. Um. No. I mean, throughout the book we learn very little about them. But on that in-between trip between battle school and command school, Graf finally tells Ender what he knows, which isn't very much. Right. But the little bit we learn, it's very interesting. We learn that they're telepathic. They mm-hmm. can communicate instantaneously, which is really cool because humans basically retro-engineered that to make the Ansible. So right. spaceships could communicate instantaneously. Yep. No matter how far away, didn't matter. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. And Mazer um epiphany with the buggers was, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Like right. it's like the hive mind.
0: Yes. And I mean, there are bug bugs. Oh they are okay. I oh. mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. It clicks. It, it all
1: clicked. <laughs> it all clicks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know not everybody believed Mazer, but it makes the most sense and it does later, it obviously. Does. Yeah. But um I was like, oh yeah, I think he's on to something. Cause I thought that too. How did he Defeat all of this with really just one swift right movement in the second um, invasion. Yeah, you take out the queen and nobody, and that's it. Nobody knows what to do.
0: That's right. You're done. Yeah. So that gave Ender very valuable skills, which he takes into command school. And you know, I got to be a tiny bit of a jerk right now. Do it because (laughs) I hate giving big tech. All of this free information. Um, So instead of letting Big Tech uh, get the rest of this episode, you can get the rest of this episode for free by jumping over to our Rumble Only segment. Here's uh, the link down at the bottom. Please go ahead and jump over there. Um, we're going to basically talk about the end, do some book club questions. Um, I do want to mention a few quick things before we go. Um, our Hawkhound shop is finally up and running like crazy. So we Yay. have some good stuff. If you want a cute lit mug like this one, you want some lit merch, go over to hawkhoundmedia.myshopify.com and use code lit10. To get 10% off your order. Uh, please help sponsor the show. We are still new, we are still growing over at Hawkhound. Um, so please give us your love so we can keep making great uh, and amazing content like this. Yay. Yay! And my last little plug next week. I am going to be joined by none other than Angry Cactus, my husband. (laughs) And we're going to talk about Ready Player One, his favorite book. Um, So I'm very excited about that. I can't believe I'm going to get my husband on camera. Nice job. I know. (laughs) I'm very excited. (laughs) Um, So definitely tune in next week for that. Uh, Any last minute thoughts, please?
1: I'm going to share it all later.
0: Share it all later. Thank you so much again for joining me. Um, Please remember to like and subscribe to Lit. And I will see you guys over in the Rumble section.